I'm starting a new series today entitled, Can We Talk? So just look at your spouse and ask them, can we talk? Is my heart hard or is my heart getting hard towards my spouse? Did y'all hear somebody say amen? Just like the condition of our hearts determine the effectiveness of our faith, watch this, the condition of our hearts also dictate the quality of our marriage and determines if we even stay married. Because if you get to a point where you, you want to separate and divorce, it's because your heart is getting hard. So my question is, what does that hardening heart process look like? Because once a person's heart gets hard, church, not only does it become difficult for God to reach that person, but it becomes very difficult for that person's spouse to reach them. Have I stopped believing and have allowed the enemy to start deceiving? There are three ways that lies can come. It's through the enemy. Everybody say the enemy. And this is when Satan uses demonic influences to just speak to us. And then here's another way lies can come. The inner me. You are, I have unresolved offenses and issues with our spouse. Notice I said unresolved offenses. Here's the third one, the C and I see. And this is when the enemy uses a third party to influence my thoughts and my feelings that turn my heart away from the person. Has my heart and love for God grown cold or lukewarm? Because your spouse can only get the overflow of your relationship with God. Because some of you are today, you're going to have to surrender your hard heart. Because if not, your relationship is doomed. Stand right there where you are. Grab your Bibles. We're going to do our declaration. What do y'all think about the video summary? What do y'all think about that? Yeah. So that way I don't have to review. I can just jump right into the lesson. Hold up your Bibles real high. Say, this is God's Word. Not Pastor Evan's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for these couples. And Father, there may be those who walked in on a thread that their relationship is on the brinks. But we sung about you being a miracle-working God. And so, Father, I thank you for miracle-working status taking place as I share today. I thank you for wounds and scars and issues being healed by your presence. I thank you most of all for open hearts to receive the incorruptible word that is able to save, deliver, and set free every soul in this place and those who are watching. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that by your spirit you will reach down deep in the soul and the heart of every person and do something inside of them that nobody else can do. 
And I declare this now in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you're joining us online, I want to read something before I get started today. Uh, This particular prophetic utterance came from one of our prophetic people. It says, good morning, Pastor. I don't think it's just me alone, but I believe it's for others. As married couples surrender God to God first, then to each other, the supernatural will take over in their marriage. And as I was standing there worshiping, the Lord told me there are many marriages in here that are being tested. And he said, if you'll pass the test, he said, next level increase in every area of your relationship, your finances and your family will go to a level you've never dreamed. So just look at your spouse and say, please pass the test. So we're still in our relationship series entitled, Can We Talk? Just look at your spouse and say, we need to talk. No, you didn't say it like I said it. Just look at them again and say, we need to talk. Yes. So if you're taking notes today, our message title is The Fourth Voice. The fourth voice. You'll understand it as I keep going. And the purpose of today's message is to emphasize the importance of communication within a marriage and then point out the damage that the fourth wrong voice or the positive impact that a fourth right voice can have in a relationship. And so we're going to jump right into it. You should have your notes with you if you're watching it online. You can access those notes as well. So point number one in today's message is communicate or separate communicate or separate everybody say communicate or separate before you say I do before you said I did marriage already has trouble assigned to it and how you communicate within the relationship is either going to make it or break it the NIV version of 1st Corinthians chapter 7 they're going to put it on the screen This was Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And I'm not sure what was going on at the time in the surroundings or within the church. But he says, now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord. But I have a commandment or give judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. He says, because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. Verse 27 says, are you married? Read this part with me. Do not seek a divorce. Y'all didn't read that hard enough for me. I'm going to ask you to read it again. I'm going to say the first part, then you're going to say the second part. He says, are you married? Come on, read it. Do not seek a divorce. There we go. He says, are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife or a husband. Verse 28. He says, but if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But here's the part I wanted you to see. But those who marry, how many married in the room? Let me see your hand if you're married. All right. He says, those who marry will face many what? Troubles in life. Trouble is a part of the marital experience. And how you learn to navigate through these troubles will determine the quality of your relationship. And if this was not true, we would not have a 51% divorce ratio, not only in the world, but in the church. Say amen to that. So communication is vital to the health and the strength of the relationship. So here's what we're going to do. One of my favorite books in the Bible is Genesis. And here's why it's one of my favorite books. Because in the book of Genesis, 
Everything that started, started from there. Giving started from there. Relationships started from there. God's relationship with man started from there. And so there's a lot of things you can learn from Genesis. So we're going back to Genesis because we're going to discover in this book that the fourth voice was introduced into uh, Adam and Eve's relationship. It says in Genesis chapter 3, I'm reading out of the King James. It says, now the serpent was more subtle. Everybody say subtle. Now, this word subtle, when you look it up, it means crafty. But when you look the word crafty up in the dictionary, it means skillful in being evil and underhanded. The devil is skillful in being evil and underhanded. And then it says, he was like that than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to who? There it is. The fourth voice is introduced. You say, well, why the fourth voice? Well, you got Adam's voice. You got Eve's voice. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day when God spoke to them. So he's the third voice. But now we have a fourth voice that's being introduced. And some of you all in this room have four voices in your relationship. And the sad part about it is some of your fourth voices are creating dissension in your relationship. So let's look at something because he says, has God said, has God said, because that's what fourth voices do that are negative. They question what God says. So I'm going to give you three things real quick about these fourth voices. Number one, if you currently have a fourth voice in your life as a married person and your spouse not know about them, it's the enemy. I'm going to try to smile throughout this message. I know I've been hitting y'all hard, but I'm hitting you hard for a reason. Because if the enemy can get the point, get to the point where the pastor ends up in a divorce, what are you, what are you going to do? So I'm going to repeat that one again. If you're currently, if you currently have a fourth voice in your life as a married person and your spouse does not know about them, but does not approve of them, it's the enemy. Here's number two. Well, no, that was number one. That was number two. Let me read number one again. If you currently have a fourth voice in your life as a married person and your spouse does not know about them, it's the enemy. Number two, if there is a fourth voice in your life as a married person and your spouse knows them, but does not approve of them, it's the enemy. You a man, oh, I got a best friend girl. Well, if your best friend that's a girl is not approved by your, your wife who's a girl, your best friend as a girl's got to go. Oh, he just my friend. He my, he my work husband. Nope. If your current husband does not agree with your work husband, you got to divorce your work husband. Praise the Lord, Pastor Abbott. Praise the word, man of God. Here's number three. Here's number three. If there is a fourth voice in your life and your spouse knows about them, but that fourth voice is not for the relationship or they are not providing biblical encouragement and direction regarding the relationship, that's the devil. So let's go back to Genesis 3 so y'all can calm down. So verse... Four or verse 2 says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, 
neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Notice the fourth voice can get you to consider things you shouldn't. And here's the thing. This right here in this junction of the story is where communication with both Adam and Eve should have taken place. Before anything was eaten, there should have been some conversation. In fact, Eve should have said, hey, babe, the snake said to me that it's okay to eat that fruit, but God told us not to. Babe, what do you think we should do? Eve didn't do that. Well, Adam, because he was with her, because if you read the Bible, the Bible says he was standing with her. So what Adam should have done, because he was there, he should have taken authority over the devil because God gave them authority over everything and every creeping thing that creeped up on the earth. He should have said, oh, no, devil, in my name, back out. Oh, he didn't have to say in God's name because God gave him dominion over the earth. So all he had to say is in my name, Adam, back out. But neither one of them did that. And so we know the outcome. Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took it, she ate it, and listen, she gave it to her husband that was with her. And he did eat. You know what? Husbands, why is it sometimes we see our wives doing stuff that we don't like or we've asked them to not do, and so we still let them do it because we don't want the friction? Oh, I'm being real today, ain't I? So we would rather not say nothing because we think not saying something is going to create peace when really you're functioning in false peace. Anyway, once that happened between Adam and Eve, watch this now, it not only separated them from God, but it separated the purity that they had as a couple. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we know sin separates us from God, but it separated the purity that they have. Remember now, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, they're going to put it up there, that they were both naked, the man and the wife, and they weren't ashamed. But the moment they sinned, the purity in that left because that's why they cut down fig trees and they sold them together and put it on. Why? Because sin brings shame. So the point that I'm making here is either communicate or separate. Can you see what happened with Adam and Eve? The unity that they had as a couple because they did not communicate. It ended up separating them from God and it created some separation from a purity standpoint. Now, I believe, listen, there's always a way to restore anything that has broken or violated or breached the unity in the relationship. It's called repent. Say amen to that. It's called repent. And repent and being sorry are different. Repent means I messed up. I'm choosing not to go in that direction no more. And you can hold me accountable to do that. That's what repent means. You sorry just saying, I'm sorry you caught me. 
Ooh, it's hot in here, ain't it? So the point I'm making is you either commu- everybody say communicate, communicate or separate. Now, here's a question. What are some ways that can produce healthy communications in a marriage? So we're going to talk about that for a minute. Healthy communication. Because if there are things that you feel more comfortable about talking to your girlfriend or your homeboy, homeboy about, about your marital relationship, if you feel more comfortable talking to somebody else, something's wrong. Because you ought to be able to talk about everything and anything when it comes to your relationship with your spouse. Why are y'all looking at me like that? Oh, I know what's happening. See, you're talking to everybody else about what's going on in your relationship and you're not telling your spouse. And whatever reason, you're choosing not to do that. I can't fight on you with that. But what I will say is you will create more intimacy with the person you're telling than the person you're not telling. Boy, I'm walking tall up in here, ain't I? I feel like I'm about seven feet tall right now. So here's point number two if you're taking notes. Say it, don't spray it. We're talking about communication now, healthy communication. I asked the question, what are some ways that, healthy, that we can produce healthy communication in the marriage? The, first, the second point is say it, don't spray it. See, when I was growing up, they had this saying that says, say it, don't spray it. And what that meant was, you say that to people who spit while they're talking like I'm doing up here. So you talking to them and you get in the shower. It's like, ah, ah. Now, say it. Look at your spouse and say, say it, don't spray it. In other words, listen, what you say without saying it or what you say when you say what you say can be damaging or detrimental. And most couples unfortunately, are not operating under full disclosure. In other words, in some cases, or in both cases, one person or both people are not communicating things that bother them or concerns them as a person regarding their relationship. You Listen, you need to get under full disclosure. See, that's how resentment builds up because there are things that you want to say and you're not saying it and it's producing resentment in you and now they're wondering why you are so far away from an emotional standpoint because you're not dealing with it. So here's my question. What style of communication has influenced the way you communicate? Because everybody has been influenced by their environment. Do you agree with that? So here's my question. What style of communication influences how you communicate? Well, I made these up, and y'all know Pastor Evan, they're going to rhyme. But these are real. So here's style number one. Find yourself. Look at your spouse and say, find yourself. Now look at them again and say, I'll find you for, for you if you need me to. Here's the first style of communication. Trauma style. And this is communication that is infected by tragic things that has happened to a person. These are things that have happened that your spouse may or may not even told you, but because they went through something tragic, every decision they're making is being filtered through this dirty filter called trauma. Everybody say the trauma style. Here's number two, the mama style. 
That's communication that is greatly influenced by how you were raised and who raised you. And unfortunately, most people are raised by single mothers, and so that's why I say mama style. So, see, now you're communicating like mama. You saw mama when she got mad, she shut down, she ain't talking to nobody. Three days done went by. Mama, can you talk? Can you talk? Mama, cuss everybody out. That's how mama communicated. She just cussed everybody out. Cuss you out, cuss the dog out, cuss the parrot out, cuss the pigeons out, cuss everybody out. That's why you cuss. Maybe mama went to hitting on people. You know, women hit too now. They throw stuff too. Maybe mama was a thrower. Everybody say mama style. Here's number three, sauna style. You ever went to a sauna in a, in a workout place? It's hot, right? A sauna style is communication that is never shared. You keep it in and it boils until something finally erupts you. Let me review because I think y'all need to hear them again. Everybody say trauma style. Everybody say mama style. Everybody say sauna style. And then the last one, or the fourth one, is trauma, drama style. And this is communication that has no filter. And typically will say well, what they want to say. I'm just being real. This is just me. They're disrespectful. They're loud. They're over the top. They have no filter. Everybody say drama style. Here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth one. Y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Como style. You know how people go in a coma? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Coma, y'all. You know, you're in a coma, right? You sleep. You can't hear. You don't move. You, you out. Well, that's a style of communication. Coma style is communication that is non-existent. It's what Adam did when facing the enemy. He responded by being silent. And let me just say this to my brothers. It's okay to be a quiet man, but it's not okay to be a silent man. My husband don't talk that much. Yes, he does. He's talking at work. That joker can talk. He's talking at work. What you need to find out is why he ain't talking when he come home. Can we talk for a minute? So here's, let's, 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 let's do this. Let's, let's talk about some ways to communicate and resolve conflict in a healthy way. Because when you communicate in a healthy way to resolve conflict, it produces peace and unity in the relationship. You must first understand before we talk about communicating and resolving conflict, because you're going to have conflict. Conflict is going to happen in your relationship. You must first understand that your words carry weight and it's not just about what you say, but it's also about how you say it. So let's look at the amplified version of Ephesians chapter 4 to just look at the power that words have and how God wants us to govern how we, how we talk. He says, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever, 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 ever come out of your mouth. Now, just look at your spouse and say, you are guilty. Go on and tell them. Don't be scared. 
He said, don't ever let it come out of your mouth, ever. Then he says, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. And so when you're communicating as a spouse, one of your goals should be to make sure that whatever you talk to your spouse about, it lifts them up and, watch this, helps them to grow spiritually. Then he says, it needs to be beneficial to the spiritual progress of, the, of others as fitting to the need and, and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give God's grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Communicating and resolving conflict, listen church, is all about what you say and how you say it. The New Living Translation of Amos 3.3 says, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? In other words, conflict is the result of not being able to agree. That's what conflict is. And the only reason we have conflict is because we're two different people raised by two different parents, raised in two different households. We're just different. And so sometimes that's going to create some conflict. Everybody's perspectives and viewpoints can be different. So conflict needs to get resolved. And so here's some healthy ways to resolve some conflict. Here's the first one. To resolve issues, there must be a unified approach. Everybody say unified approach. A unified approach in, listen, dealing with these problems. Watch this. And the solution on a unified approach should be the Word of God. What I'm saying to you is both people should agree right up front that the Bible rules. If you get to the point where you don't want to hear the Bible, something's wrong with you. That's number one. Here's number two. Anything that disturbs your peace must be prayed about or discussed. Anything that disturbs your peace needs to be prayed about or discussed. You say, well, why? See, some things you need to pray about before you talk about. Because some of that is you. Okay? And God can't share it with you that is you until you go to Him. And so here it is. You're fighting your spouse over something when it's really you. Right? So you need to pray about it. If it bothers you, and then if it it continues, then you need to discuss it. Unspoken issues usually result to anger and bitterness. If you have an unspoken issue going on inside of your heart, in your life right now, as a a married spouse, and you're not talking about it, it's going to eventually result to anger and bitterness. Here's number three. Deal with problems instead of allowing them to stack up. See, this is one of the issues with resolving conflict. If you don't resolve the last conflict, and then the last conflict before that one wasn't resolved, when you try to resolve a current conflict, you're going to go all the way back to the first, second, third, fourth, fifth one, and that's why you never resolve conflict, because you can't get through five of them. you gotta, you got to deal with them as they come. So you got to deal with problems instead of allowing them to stack up. Here's number four. Find a place where you can resolve the conflict without being interrupted. So let me tell you some poor places to try to resolve conflict. In front of your kids. Please don't do that. Don't don't discuss. I don't care how calmly you're doing it. If it's a conflict, you need to watch how you do that. Because, see, your kids now, they're hearing and they're not mature enough to separate Y'all having a healthy res- conflict being, res- y'all, they can't separate that. All they going to do is look at your face. Amen. Here's number two, over the telephone or text. 
Don't do that unless you just have to. Like if your spouse is out of town. If, it, if it's like that, FaceTime them. And if you don't have an iPhone, get saved and get one. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm playing that joy, people. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I don't need no emails about that, all right? Here's number three, a poor place to resolve conflict at work. You at work and y'all having a, y'all dealing with each other and you in your cubicle. See, wait till I get home. I, what I, see, you know, you all like trying to talk low. They hear you. Number four, in front of company. Oh my God. In front of company. Here's number five. Uh, th- uh, uh, this one here is, is interesting. When you hungry. Eat before you fuss. Eat, eat. Okay? Eat, eat. You may have to remind your spouse, have you ate, baby? Have you ate? Can we talk? Can we talk after you eat? Here's number five. Try to bring or try to begin every conflict-related conversation with positive affirmation, such as, I love you, honey. I'm committed to you. I want to see you happy. But I need to tell you something. Here's number six. Allow your spouse to communicate their concern or complaint. Let them do it. And then don't be like, well, you did. No, no, no. This ain't about your turn right now. They brought it up so you can bring it up on your time. Right now, it's daytime. Amen. Number seven, concentrate while they're communicating or complaining. Concentrate on what they are saying instead of building up your mental case in your mind. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Listen, and that's why you interrupt. Don't interrupt them while they're talking. Let me be a little nicer. Don't interrupt them while they're talking. And then here's how you do it. To prove that you're listening. Mirror back what they said to you to show them not only were you listening, but you understood what they said. See, that's what mirroring does. You say, well, what does that, Pastor? What does that mean? Okay, if they said, you know what, honey? You know, it really bothers me when uh, I have to stop and get gas. And and, uh, I know I've asked you to check you know, to see if I need gas. And I know you've told me to remind you when I need some. But I, I remind you and you still don't go get it. Okay, baby, let me, let me make sure I heard what you said. You said I don't get your gas. No, that's not what I said, baby. That's not what, let's just try this again. Are y'all with me? Mirror back what the person is saying and the other person who said it needs to listen to make sure the person understood what they said. Here's number seven or number eight. Be respectful in your interaction. You can be expressive without being disrespectful. Number nine. Deal with problems instead of allow... Oh, I already said that one. Instead of allowing them to stack up, I have a verse for it, though, this time. It's it's the living Bible of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, if you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. You know what? 
The devil don't barge in a lot of relationships. We let him in. Here's number 10. Try and be more factual than emotional. I'm going to say that one again. I know you're emotional. It's okay to be emotional. But if you're trying to resolve conflict, emotions ain't going to solve it. Because you you all emotional and they don't even know the point. They don't even know the problem. They don't even know the facts. All you're doing is telling them how you feel. Listen, don't just tell them how you feel. Give them some facts. Honey, what's wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm so upset. You never do that. Okay, well, what, what, what happened? What, tell me what happened. I'm just hot. I'm tired of dealing with it. Tell me what happened. Don't do what I just did, okay? Don't do that. No, listen, be more factual. Listen, church, be more factual than emotional because this allows the problem to be known. Then you can express it on how it makes you feel. Do you get that? Tell them the problem up front, and then you can express how it makes you feel. Here's number 11. Remember that everyone is entitled to their opinion. Because we're different and our perspectives are different. So just because their opinion is different and their perspective is different, it doesn't mean that their viewpoint is wrong. Say amen to that. Number 12, reach a decision that both people are in agreement with. Notice now the goal of resolving conflict is to get to the end in an agreement position. If agreement cannot be made, both individuals should agree to pray about the matter and then come back and talk about it again. The New Living Translation of Psalm 133 says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto uh, the border of his robe. Harmony, or unity, is as the refreshing as the dew from Mount Harmon that falls on the mountains of Zion and there, there where? There, that place of harmony, the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Let me say this, God's blessing will always follow a unified position. Now, there might be times that you might not be able to agree. So after prayer, here's number 13. If after prayer an agreement is not reached and a decision must be made, always, everybody say always, always involve, watch this now, a godly fourth voice who can assist you. A godly fourth voice. Don't call your mama. Well, I'm going to call my mama. No, don't call your mama because your mama going to take your side. I don't care how wrong you are. Your mama going to take your side. And you say, you don't know my mama. Well, I may not know your mama. But most mamas are in love with their children. And for the most part, even if you wrong, she going to agree to a certain degree and then just say, well, baby, just don't do that next time. She ain't going to say you wrong, though. So you're going to introduce a fourth godly voice. Now, I call that person a spiritual referee. Everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody ought to have a spiritual referee. And this spiritual referee I'm talking about needs to be somebody that's married. It needs to be somebody that both of you have agreed to use in times of conflict. So 
And then they need to have a decent enough marital relationship and you need to respect their relationship with God. I know that's a lot of criteria, but there are people out there like that. So you go to your spiritual referee when y'all got an issue. Here's the only rule for the spiritual referee. What, when you tell your side and they tell their side, whatever the spiritual referee says is why it's, how it's going to be. If he say you wrong or she say you wrong, you's wrong. <laughs> say man. Both people must have respect for and obey the wisdom of the referees. Always view conflict discussion as somebody standing behind a customer service desk. See, the foundation of your conversation with your spouse should be, listen, they love me. They're only bringing this to my attention because it's bothering them and they love me enough to tell me. The foundation should be love. So here's point number three. I need to hurry up. Here's point number three. We're talking about now resolving conflict. Your spiritual conversation will help your marital situation. I'm going to say that again. Your spiritual conversation will help your marital situation. In other words, watch this. Your walk and your talk with God will help you talk to your spouse. Genesis chapter 3, look in verse 6. I'm going to show you this. It says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, she did eat it, she gave it to her husband who was with her, he did eat, watch verse 7, and the eyes of both of them were what? Open, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig trees together and made themselves apron. Let me show you something you may not have seen before. And it says, and they... Who does they include? Who? Both of them. It says, and they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day. Even in the midst of issues, God will speak to you if you walk with him. They had just sinned against God. But God said, you know what? I still need to talk to him. But see, most of us, we don't hear what God has to say because we don't go to him about the situation. Listen, you can fight your, your spouse in the flesh if you want to. You'll do better if you go to God first and let him introduce what he needs to say to you. As you can see, they both heard the voice of God. You can still hear God's voice in the midst of conflict if you take the time to talk to him. And some of the best revelations you will get will come from a situation that you and your spouse are in. You must take your marital relationship serious enough to let God and his ways govern your marital relationship. Therefore, watch this church, prayer should be a priority. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing but in everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything, watch this, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. He says, let your requests be made known unto God. He says, and after you bring it to my attention, he says, the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What I'm saying to you is this. You can talk about it, but at some point you need to pray about it. And I watch a lot of relationships. They ain't praying about it. All they're doing is talking about it. And here's the thing. If you try to change your spouse 
Even if they love you, if whatever they are doing is bent into their personality, if it's bent into that, then they might change for a little while for you. The problem what you're going to run into, they're going to do it back again because that's who they are. But see, if you let God change them, see, your changing them will be temporary. But if you let God change them, it'll be permanent. So how do we apply today's word? Number one, make a commitment. Everybody say make a commitment. Make a commitment to each other to discuss everything. Now, you say, Pastor, I ain't ready to go back to some old stuff. I ain't ready to go back to that. Well, my question to you is, did the old stuff get resolved? If it didn't get, y'all, y'all listening to me? If the old stuff did not get resolved, you're going to have to talk about it. I said, but Pastor, I don't want to talk about it. Well, maybe that's why you need to talk about it. Because, see, once the air is clear, and then everybody says, okay, I don't know how she going to act or react. Well, first of all, she already know about it. That's why y'all are where y'all are. Amen. Make a commitment to discuss everything. Especially things that bother you, even if it might temporarily cause some friction. Here's number two. If you know that your heart is off towards your spouse, repent to God and then repent to them. Because they feel it. They might not know what's going on, but they can feel it. Here's number three. Discover where the lie came from that you believe. And watch this. And where the lie came through and close that door. Close the door. If your spouse is is not, if they're uncomfortable with a person that you are with, hanging out with. I don't care if it's your boy. That's just my boy. But your boy gets you drunk every time. You come home sloppy drunk. I'm talking to somebody right now. Where the camera at? I'm talking to that camera right there. Coming home sloppy drunk. Sloppy, that's two words. And you know, I mean, I guess if you do that every now and then, it's not that bad. But every time you hang out with Junior... You come home sloppy drunk. So your wife's like, baby, baby, do you have to hang out with Junior? What's wrong with Junior? That's what's wrong with Junior. See how you're talking to me? All I asked you was why you hanging out with Junior. Baby, can you just ask me why I have a problem with you hanging out with Junior? Why you got a problem with me hanging out with Junior? Well, honey, thank you for your tone. Every time you hang out with Junior, baby, you you come home sloppy drunk. You may not know you come home that drunk. But I can show you on the video cameras that you put up, baby, how sloppy drunk you can be. So you don't want to talk about that. Can I take, let me sit down right here. I'm, I'm almost finished. I, I got to sit down on this one. Y- y'all know why a lot of couples don't talk about issues that bother the other person, that bothers them about the other person? You know why they don't talk about it a lot of times? Because there's stuff that they're doing that they don't want their spouse to say nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know that money you overspending? You don't want them to say nothing. So you're not going to say nothing about his Boone's Farm apple wine every Friday. You ain't going to say nothing. You ain't going to say nothing. 
I say something about that. He gonna say something about this. So listen, all y'all, both of y'all just hiding. Y'all ain't talking. Boone's form and spending is keeping y'all separated right now. So I believe, let me see if I got any more points right quick. Let me see here. Okay, here we go. Here's the last one. No, no. Here's not the last before last. Pray for your spouse in the relationship. Do you pray for your spouse? Pray for them. Don't pray about them. Pray for them. Lord, she, I'm tired of her. She always nagging me. Lord, help her get off my back. Lord, give her some business so she can get out of my... <laughs> about them pray it for them lord bless them lord help them lord encourage them lord strengthen them lord and here's the last one here's the last one this is why i'm talking like this because see a lot of y'all ain't gonna come see me that's okay a lot of y'all ain't gonna go to counseling but you need to the last point is get some help wrong with getting help i believe in getting help but let me say this get right help if the person does not specialize in marriage as a counselor don't go to them you go to a counselor that specializes in marriage because if not listen do you want a foot doctor opting on your eye he's still a doctor pastor you dumb <laughs> get some help Look at your spouse and say, do we need some help? Now look at him again and say, then get some. Every head bow. Y'all get something out of that today? Father, in the name of Jesus, only you can cause your word to take place in our lives. You said, whom God has joined together you said let no man pull apart and god where the enemy has tried has tried and where the enemy is trying to pull relationships apart in this room and those who are watching online in the name of jesus christ the name that is greater than every name and at that name every knee shall bow i command the name of divorce to bow in jesus name and father i pray that somehow, some way, you will melt hard hearts and you will allow what's being said to sink in. And I thank you that their relationship is going to go to new levels that they've never seen. New levels of intimacy, new levels of breakthrough, new levels of conversation, new levels, Father, of just them being a couple. Thank you for new levels taking place as they yield to you in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever head still bow. Maybe you're watching me. My question to you is if you died today, are you